0: Hi and welcome to a new episode of the Bees and Honey Podcast. Today we're speaking with Sunny Seton de Potter. Uh, she is a jewelry designer and artist. Uh, she's part of a wonderful twin uh, who we also had here on the podcast a while back. Um, she's gonna tell us a little bit about her process and about her background and about the wonderful inspirations that bring about these works of art that we can wear. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy this. Good morning, Sunny. How are you? Good morning Nicolas, I'm good. Good. Thank you. So we're, we're on, uh, we're live. And I was just thinking about your lovely name, Sunny. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got that name, how your mom and dad decided to name you as a twin, Sunny and the other one, Joy?
1: Oh, good question. So, yes, Sonny and Joy, which sound like very uh, happy, hippie names. Uh, but in reality, my parents were not hippies. And I really don't know why they came up with such <laughs> happy names. They wanted us to have the same initials. Everybody in the family is with S and J. Mm-hmm. So my dad said they have to be named with S or J. And my mom came up with those beautiful names. And I'm very happy because I must say, Nicolette, each time I meet someone and I say my my name is Sunny. People smile and
0: it's, it's a nice way to start, um, to a, start relationship. a relationship. Yes, yes, yes. Ah.
1: yes.
0: Well, I really uh, do believe in the power of naming things and words. So, yes, your mom gave uh, you guys blessings from the start. Absolutely. And Sorry, can, ma- you, can you remember the first time you became interested in jewelry and jewelry design as a kid growing up?
1: yes so i I was always my eye was always drawn uh, to gold and shiny objects. Uh, I can remember from when i 'm three four years old. I used to like you know even the little plastic rings and and the plastic fake rubies uh, I always liked uh, jewelry. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I didn't make it my profession until much later. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I used to work in television production Mm -hmm. and then I had children. And then I thought I want to have a job that I can do partly uh, from home so that I can still take care of my kids. And that's when I... Um, take some night classes at FIT here Mm -hmm. in New York City Mm -hmm. and I learned about uh, design and also about gemology, uh, the the stones, how to recognize the stones. I also tried to learn how to make the jewelry itself, so soldering and metal smithing, but Mm -hmm. uh, that I realized that I cannot do it at all. (laughs) So. (laughs) I thought it's best if I focus on design and I found uh, very, very talented artisans that have been doing it for 40 years and I, I trust them much more than myself to make the jewelry.
0: Well, that's part of the art, knowing what your strong points are and really putting the energy there and outsourcing the rest to someone else who can do it. Absolutely.
1: Better. Yeah. Yes, that's true.
0: Yes. yes. So uh, when you first started to design, where was your inspiration coming from? Like, what did you have as references? I know you guys traveled a lot in India in the past. And I know you have this sort of gypsy soul just (laughs) from the way you dress. So where does your inspiration come from?
1: So at first, when I first started designing, it was really, uh, I, I knew that I wanted particular pieces for myself. It was very simple. My first thing was a heart. I, I knew I wanted a very nice heart with the name of my children on it. And so that's what I made. Uh mm-hmm. and but after that I was very inspired by um e- a- ancient Egypt. Uh mm-hmm. I love uh to look at uh, you know the remains of Tutankhamun's tomb or going to the Met and, and looking at all the beautiful um Egyptian amulets. So Mm -hmm. for me, the jewelry is not only uh, beautiful to look at, but it's also a talisman. So it has has meaning. Uh, You wear it as a reminder, uh, a loved one gave it to you or you bought it yourself, you know, because Mm -hmm. you accomplished something. And it's it's a reminder of, of your strengths or of your love or I, I like that injury so I get the inspiration from sort of ancient times but mm-hmm. it's actual because it means something to the person that wears it um, and I'm also very inspired by very simple symbols so uh, one bracelet that I made is it's I didn't make it I that's the thing I for jewelry, it's a decorative art. I'm not an artist inventing anything. I just glean things that are already here that have been around for thousands of years. symbols mm-hmm. like an eye, a heart mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know a, a simple a simple uh, circle, a medallion, mm-hmm.
0: and I adapt it um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean i I think on one level, uh, I understand what you're saying. But uh, when I think about this work and coming up with the ideas and channeling these inspirations from the past, you know, we are still uh, the means, whether intellectual or spiritual, to get energy. So where does
1: the energy come from?
0: Well, not just the energy come from, but you being the channel for this energy as oh, well. Oh, yes.
1: Thank you. Yes. 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 Thank you. And for that, I, I guess I do have to thank uh, my parents and the fact that we have tra- traveled a lot as young children. Uh, my parents took us around to to see the world and it really has opened my mind to different cultures and, and different... Um, there's not just one way. There, there are so many infinite... Beautiful things in the world, and uh, and I'd like I like to have a little bit of all of them.
0: Yeah, and the energy behind the stones. I was thinking too. You know, you said you studied some gemology, and you often have these really uh, exquisite uh, stones. Even though some of them are small, you can see they're really of the highest quality.
1: Yes, absolutely, the highest quality. They're they're beautiful. They they attract the eye and stone. I'm not so knowledgeable about them, but there are indeed many stones that have even therapeutic attributes uh, like amber, has been mm-hmm. used for hundreds of years to uh, relieve pain. Like you put these amber necklaces on babies, it's supposed to help them with their pain, or certain crystals are supposed right. to keep you calmer. Jade, in, in, in China, they, they put the jade against your body, it, it, it's supposed to protect you as well. So yeah. yes, there's a lot of meaning behind the stones.
0: And <laughs> tell us about Gazaladro. where did you get that name from, the meaning behind that name?
1: So Gazza Ladra is a thieving magpie. It's a bird that's attracted to shiny objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day I was in Rome uh, with my very good friend Asia. And mm-hmm. so I'm always attracted to, to shiny things. So the we were in the street and a woman walked by with a beautiful necklace and I instantly saw the necklace and I went up to the lady. I said, wow, your necklace is beautiful. And I said, but Sonny, you are really a Gazaladra." <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and it was like a revelation. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's how it came about. And I, and I was looking for a name for my brand and I didn't want to use my own name mm-hmm. because it's so many people do it. And then, um, I don't know, I, 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 it feels a little bit pretentious almost, mm-hmm. uh, so I was very happy to find this this name that has nothing to do uh, with me, but it's funny because now in the Diamond District where I get my jewelry made on 47th Street, mm-hmm. uh, some people think my name is Gadza and my last <laughs> name is Ladra, <laughs> <laughs> so they say, hey Gadza, I have some nice tones today, <laughs> and I'll it's that fun, that. <laughs> yeah
0: it's your spirit animal now is your second name exactly (laughs) well I'm gonna have to walk through 47th street with you at some point you know I I didn't realize you were there that often because it's so near to me first of all where I live and I mean I I know that street very well having worked there in the past at some point Yeah, so that's an, another story we'll talk about offline. But yes, we yes. can walk through there and we'll just uh, see who we know. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Yes. <laughs> but I was also thinking when I look at your work about artists like Alexander Calder, who from time to time created jewelry pieces. Um, do you know other fine artists who have made wearable art? like Yes. Jewelry?
1: absolutely uh pablo picasso actually made some really nice jewels very um very rough and very uh, antique antique yes like almost ancient ancient egyptian ancient greek looking he made some nice medallions beautiful and i think in 24 karat gold uh, which makes them even more beautiful to me because they're so bright. But yes, mm-hmm. he did some beautiful pieces. Also, Louise Bourgeois mm-hmm. um, did some jewelry. It's not my style so much, but I, I recognize the. Uh, you know, she's an amazing artist, and she has this mm-hmm. big spider, and then she has a, a necklace that looks like sh- a shackle. Shackles. Wow! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. So those are the two that that come to mind. Um, yeah. So, but their jewelry are more like statement, amazing statement pieces, uh, yeah. uh, really works of art. But the jewelry that I make, I, I make it on purposefully uh, so that it's not too big and so mm-hmm. that it's very comfortable because I want it to be worn every day. It sort of becomes a part of you. And when a, a jewel is too big, then it's you feel it is too heavy. It, it starts becoming annoying.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's not. Yeah, it's not so easy to forget. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes a collection of jewel will will come to auction. I mean, um, not not necessarily stuff like Louise Bourgeois, um, but bigger pieces that are more, I guess, uh, valuable in terms of the market. What advice would you give in terms of collecting a jewelry or building a collection? Because I'm sure you have a little bit of a collection of your own. As inspiration and as your own wearable stuff, what would you tell people in terms of that?
1: I mean, I would tell people uh, really, it it has to be what they love. Of course, you you buy you're buying something it, for a collection. It can be an investment, and jewelry is an investment because gold doesn't lose its its value. Well, it fluctuates a little bit, but you can always resell it. But mm-hmm. it's really what people love. If you love the piece, the, then then you get it. Don't don't get it only if you think you're going to make money on it. Uh, you and I think in general, in, in it should be like that. When when you buy a painting or a sculpture, or it's better to buy something because it, it it talks to you. It makes you vibrate than just mm-hmm. a, a pure uh, investment. But otherwise, no jewelry from from uh, big names. Obviously, big brand names are always a good idea. Tiffany, Cartier. Uh, or or jewels that belonged to famous uh women it's nice like they had the liz taylor sale a few years back that was amazing
0: and you're really Mm -hmm. owning
1: a piece of a piece of history and it's nice to know
0: oh she wore it and i'm wearing it too (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) i mean i guess the days of the big industrialists buying like you know former crown jewels are over mm-hmm. um, and a lot of these things are already I guess in museums uh, or in yeah. private
1: hands but you know sometimes they do pop up again but um, yes I personally I, I, I don't really actually buy because I as a jeweler I say okay I have to make it myself huh? I have to have it <laughs> made <laughs> But yes, if I yes, were yes. to invest in a, in a collectible, I would definitely buy something from ancient Egypt. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think that's a good call. I was just thinking about a colleague of mine on 47th Street because we talked about the value of uh, jewelry. And he said there's a woman who regularly comes to him every few years. And she has like a massive engagement ring to resell. And he says, I've decided she's in the business of marriage <laughs> He's in the <laughs> business of engaging and marrying and divorcing and reselling. <laughs> I mean, That's it's funny. Very funny to think about, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, so how did the pandemic affect your uh, business or your your creative output? I mean, I don't know if you were in lockdown or if you moved around I guess you haven't been traveling to Europe that much no so
1: I was very lucky I I was able to go to Europe last summer um, so that that was Mm -hmm. very good and in fact I do most of my business in the summertime uh, Mm -hmm. because my my cousin has a store in Sardinia uh, next to Porto Cervo in Italy Mm -hmm. and yes and I set up my my jewels there and i and i sell them there all summer i had an actually very successful summer because people haven't been in they had been in lockdown they had not been spending and now they were out and it was summer and woohoo they polished themselves jewelry and that was great now the rest of the year has been very slow indeed very slow um but creatively it has been good i have so many ideas flowing in my head, more than before. So that's nice.
0: Yes, yes. And I mean, I don't know how people are selling these days, but you sell mostly online during this time or how does yes, it work? Yes, mostly you, online. Not? So
1: before I used to do a lot of pop-ups, uh, mm-hmm. Dubai, London, Paris, but obviously now mm-hmm. that's not possible. So now, yes, mm-hmm. it's online and, and word of mouth, friend of a friend of a friend of an mm-hmm. aunt of a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it yes, goes. Yes. They send me people and, Yes, I, so I sell you know, direct to consumer, I would say, although I would love right. to be in more uh, stores.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think it would be good if we, in general, meaning us uh, in the art world or in the fashion world or in the jewelry design world, we should start collaborating more and sharing our contacts so that even though we're not meeting in person, we can still maybe have like one of those zoom online you know and kind of get togethers and just have a, a cocktail party where we share i mean i could think of three or four girls off the top of my head if i told them you know we're meeting with a jewelry designer you want to hang out for an hour on saturday let's say you know it's, i mean just fun. something like that yes. yeah just something like that and we exchange ideas kind of like this and just see you know if someone's interested for the future yes that's a fun mm. idea absolutely Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk offline again. I mean, uh, we I don't know if there's something I didn't ask you that you wanted to share. Uh,
1: No, but one one thing that I like also when you think of um, when I think of my my job, uh, I think it's beautiful to create uh, pieces that don't. There's no pollution involved, really. Well, of course, the excavation of gold is, is not ideal, but a, a lot of times i work with recycled gold. Uh, so people mm-hmm. bring in their pieces mm-hmm. you know, that they don't want anymore and the gold is melted and you make it new. That, I think, is quite beautiful. Also, to create new objects from old ones. Uh, yes. The idea of reusing is very nice. Mm-hmm. And the idea that a piece of jewelry can be passed on for many generations. If you like it and you don't melt it, you know it can come from your great great grandmother and you still can wear it because the metal is so sturdy and uh, i I like that idea
0: yes 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 absolutely Mm -hmm. i I like that idea too of somehow having the ancestral spirit Mm -hmm. passed on through the object yes for sure well i can't wait till we can see each other again hopefully it will be in the coming year i think um You know, restaurants are opening supposedly this weekend in New York, which is a good sign. Yes. And uh, when it warms up, like you said, perhaps that burst of energy will come back to all of us. I
1: hope so. I hope so, (laughs) Nicolette. Yes,
0: yes. Well, I I mean, you know, I I have a few friends. Some of them are positive. Some of them are like, especially some of my European friends. They're like, oh, my God, when this uh, thing is over and all of this income that people are getting from the government dries up what exactly is gonna happen
1: yes it's pretty pretty uh scary times indeed
0: Indeed. yeah yeah well we keep we keep on i mean what else exactly we
1: we keep on and and i i mean we are so lucky in fact just just the the simple things of having a roof and having an income and having food and having our healthy children. And it's, it's such a blessing. So really I I can't complain, but it is a horrible time for so many people.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I, I I think you're so right. Just to remember the basic blessings. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm right now. I have just about, uh, exploded in my frustration about not moving anywhere. Like I just, I, I hate feeling so yeah. locked down. It's not that we can't move anywhere, but there's nothing to do. And I mean, at the end of the day, nobody really wants us no. to. move no, no, yeah. no, they don't. Yeah. No, no. It's yeah. Crazy. Anyways, well, I look forward to speaking to you again in person, and I uh, wish you all the best for this uh, coming week. Big kiss to the family. Thank you,
1: Nico. You too. Hope to yeah, and
0: we'll talk Bye. Soon. Bye. Bye. Well, now you've heard uh, from the second half of the wonderfully named twin sisters, Joy and Sunny. Uh, hopefully this week will turn out to be just that for you, Joyful and Sunny. Uh, in New York City, I think we expect much more snow but luckily we do have a lot of sun here so i hope you find your joy as well have a great week and join us again soon for another episode of the bees and honey podcast